1: Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ofil. Marca Mesuto Ophel. Pasó Genduzi. Pepe. This is Arse cast Extra.
2: Hello and welcome to another ArsCast Extra. As always, with James from Blog. James, uh, goodly Friday, unexpected morning to you.
1: Goodly unexpected morning to you too. Yeah, this is a, a surprise Arscast Extra. Yeah, it is a bit. It's not going to be the usual Arscast
2: Extra where we do it in two parts and we take questions and all that kind of stuff. But last night, well, yesterday, I put together my podcast, uh, mm-hmm. episode 550 of the Arscast, which you can listen to right now wherever you get podcasts. And we discussed all that went on um, at Arsenal this week with Charles Watts, and we talked about Shaka. And at that point, there had been no communication whatsoever from Granit Shaka about what had happened against Crystal Palace on Sunday so did the podcast, finished it uploaded, scheduled the posting and everything else and within about 90 minutes Granite Shaka had released a statement which was really really inconsiderate of him I have to say
1: Yes it was very annoying of him I too had spent quite a lot of time writing an article that was mainly along the lines of Shaka having resisted the club's <laughs> urging <laughs> to put out a statement all week uh, which does remain the case but then he's he put one out just as i was about to click publish so right thanks very much granite uh you created some more work for me there but at <laughs> least something has been said
2: at least something has been said yes okay so what is um i don't know where quite where to start with it but i think the first thing that that strikes me is that this was a statement released on granite jack's instagram Mm-hmm. rather than, as you would expect, via an official club channel or a statement on the website. When things like this have happened before, the statement usually comes, and the convention is that the statement comes via an official club channel, and that has not been the case. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, your thoughts on that? Because we have heard this week that, that they wanted him to... Um, make a statement he refused and has been refusing. They wanted him apparently to resign the captaincy and he's refused to do that. And then we have a statement that comes out via his own social media channel. So what, what do you what do you make of that?
1: Yeah, well, it, there's definitely a divergence between the club and the player over uh, how they wanted uh, this kind of conciliatory message to be expressed. And I think that's ended up showing itself in the fact that has done it Personally, I mean, I know the club uh, reposted it via on their social media accounts, but this was uh, a Shaka statement and not an Arsenal statement. And, you know, that tallies with uh, pretty much everything I've heard this week about Shaka's state of mind. He's still uh, quite angry, I think. And I think, you know, the club have uh, sort of used the line that he's maybe more sad. I'm sure he is sad, but I think he's still pretty angry. Uh, and I think you can... Sense that maybe in his mm. statement,
2: yeah, for sure. I w- One thing I I think is quite interesting in in this as well is that um, the there seems to be a bit of a divergence between the German statement and the translation yeah. into English, which I, I think is I think is worth exploring. If you follow Swiss Gunner on Twitter, he's at a Mackenzie, and the uh, I in Mackenzie is a one. At the end, he talks about how um, it sounds better in German. Um, Mm -hmm. The English translation uh, says, I'm sorry if that's what people thought. And in German, it says that was not my intention and I am sorry, which, of course, is is far better than that. Like, well, I I apologize to anybody who was offended by that rather than saying sorry for for what it is that you do. Yeah. Um, You know, as I'm not obviously a native German speaker, what I would ask or question here is given the importance of this statement that it's come four days after Granite Xhaka stormed off the pitch uh, against Crystal Palace and behaved, I think, you know, we've talked about why he perhaps was driven to behave in that way. It doesn't alter the fact that that behavior was wrong. I think it was really, really important for whatever message he put out, whenever he put it out, to be as clear as as possible and it looks like he's written a statement in german and they've done a kind of translation job which doesn't match up to that i i do i do I mean, wonder a bit about that as to like who's advising him here because it suggests does it not that this statement was not run past the club before it went out because i do think if the communications department at the club had had a look at that before it went out they would have they would have said, uh, uh, no, you probably shouldn't put that out.
1: Yeah, well, we can't speculate on you know, how that was translated. What I would say is it is a strange translation. With my rudimentary knowledge of German, I find it surprising that that's how it's come out at the other end. I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm tempted to get a Google Translate up and put in the German I'd see if the if that's what people thought comes out the other side because I suspect mm. it wouldn't. Um, so yeah, I, I do think you're right. I think if the club had done it, they would have done it in a more thorough manner. Uh, you have to say, and that there wouldn't have been. Well, I guess it would have been in English, but there wouldn't have been this uh, room for discrepancy between the two. Yeah, and it is an important distinction. I mean, you know, saying I'm sorry if that's what people thought, and I'm sorry are distinct, aren't they? They are different things. Um, And and to be honest, I I don't think this is a, a, a mea culpa, is it? It's not really a full apology. It's an apology to... Certain fans and not others, as far as I see it.
2: Yeah, um, it's a bit of a convoluted sentence. He says, "In this, uh, this is the English translation, of course, which is what we have to work off." And to be fair, this is what Granite Jacker put out there. Um, He said in this situation, uh, he talked about, you know, uh, reaching boiling point when he uh, felt rejection in the stadium on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we can all identify with that. But he said, in this situation, I let myself be carried away and reacted in a way that disrespected the group of fans that support our club, our team and myself with positive energy, which kind of sounds like. He's making a distinction between, um, you know, abusive fans or, or negative fans, and and the ones who are are fully positive. It's a it's a it lacks clarity, doesn't it? It really does because it, it, it's so, you could interpret that as to say, well, I'm uh, I disrespected the fans who are positive all the time, or I disrespect the fans who are, you know, of a positive disposition does that mean you're lumping, uh, for example, people who are critical in with the rest of them? Do, you know, it's mm. clarity and, and communication is really important, and I think that part of the statement leaves it open to to, to questioning.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I'm just trying to look at the German now and see if I can unpick it, but my German is not good enough. I mean, definitely that translation in English of that thing we were just saying about I'm sorry is so odd that it almost feels like the English statement has been slightly tweaked um, to to mean something altogether different. Uh, in this instance, my interpretation was definitely, um, to paraphrase, I'm sorry to those fans who are always positive. Mm. I let them down. Yeah. Uh, those fans who aren't always positive, well, you know, I think that is a different matter in his mind. And of course, again, we are second-guessing what positive or has positive energy means. You know, someone can have the best will in the world, but it doesn't mean that they they don't sometimes lose their rag or they don't sometimes get frustrated, you know? It, it's not a case that any fan who's ever gone, oh, for fuck's sake, when someone's missed a yeah. chance, it is not a positive supporter, you know? And, it, you know... You could also make the case that the
2: fans who were urging Shaka to get off the pitch quickly were positive in the sense that they wanted the change to be made for the benefit of the team. You know, Mm. it is quite layered and and quite nuanced. And yeah,
1: look, it's... I mean, yeah, for example, if he'd been more specific, if he'd said... To the fans who sort of booed me and tried to get me off the pitch in a hurry because we were chasing three points, (laughs) I'm sorry. To the fans who ironically cheered when my number went up, you could still all go and fuck (laughs) yourselves. I would kind of have more understanding and time and it would be more specific, but it's, it's pretty vague at the moment, you know.
2: Yeah. One other thing, well, not one other thing. Another thing that strikes me is there is no mention really of the club itself. There's no mention of his role as captain. The extra responsibility that comes with that role, whether, you know, whether people agree with that or not, being captain of a football club, whether it's Arsenal or anything else, you have an extra layer of responsibility because you've been given it. You have literally been given that by the club as a leader, as a figurehead, as a spokesperson, as somebody who who um, should set the right example on and off the pitch. And we know that captains don't always do that. And Arsenal have had captains in the past who, who haven't done that. Even one of our greatest captains, you know, had his own checkered history with some off-pitch behavior. That's you great. know, so it's not like... Um, It's not like uh, he would be the first or the last to uh, have an indiscretion as a captain. But I I, I found it strange that in in a statement which very strongly revolves around his role And he, uh, you know, threw the armband down on the ground when he was taken off. And, uh, you know, I guess it depends how much stock you you put in the armband itself. Is it sacrosanct? Is it somehow sacrilegious to throw the armband on the ground? You know, Mm -hmm. it really depends. But it's part of it. It is a big part of it. And I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't any mention of that within the the statement.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, There's no sort of sense of you know i I recognize that in my role i have a broader responsibility i think there are a couple of things there the first is that i under my understanding is that shaka is is pretty pissed off about how he actually came to be awarded the captaincy um i've written about it in my column today so you can find that on my twitter timeline but basically the, the the prevarication of emery the delay um the fact that he spoke to at least one other candidate about potentially taking on the armband before ultimately Shaka uh, was appointed has left the player feeling that that undermined his position so i do wonder if there is a a bit of resentment there around you know the fact that the way that this all played out i think the second thing is that shaka seems to regard himself as a captain for the players Principally, You know, he is a guy who, uh, you know, is someone who leads the players, who is the person who they look to, to correspond with the manager, to deal with, you know, things off the field. But he doesn't seem to necessarily embrace the wider role. You know, he's happy to be the guy who's the spokesperson for the players, but does he realise that he's also got to be the figurehead for the club more mm. broadly? And that doesn't uh, seem to come through in his statement, as far as I can see. No,
2: well, there's no mention of it. There's mm. literally no mention whatsoever of the captaincy. And how the fact that he is the captain has made his actions resonate even further. Like if this was a player if this was a regular player who had behaved in the way that Xhaka had behaved, um it wouldn't have been quite as big a,
1: a deal. But I think I tell you, I, go on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But does it feel like such a big deal to be captain when there are five of you? That's a good uh, point, I mean- yeah. Maybe it dilutes the honour, you know, and maybe that uh, feeds into this thing, idea of it not being paid enough respect. You know, we, we can look at him chucking it to somebody else and say, oh, that's disrespectful. But it is going to get chucked to someone else every other game. You know, mm. when we've got five captains. So, you know, where I'm getting to with this, and there is no mention of the manager in the statement. And I, I feel that's telling. I think... yeah for all the criticism of Unai Emery I re- sorry of Granit Xhaka <laughs> that's quite the Freudian slip I don't think that Unai Emery is, is blameless in this really and I definitely think his management of the player and the situation has contributed to where we are now
2: Yeah I just want to make the point um, before we go on with this discussion that we're not really mentioning the the, the abuse that he he talks about in the in the statement because we've mm. been over that we've been over it on Monday I wrote about it in the blog uh, today and during the week uh, I spoke about it on the podcast earlier today that you know it should be taken as red that anybody who said those things towards granite Jacca Is behaving in a way that is completely and utterly unacceptable, Uh, and nobody should be subjected to that kind of abuse. You know, certainly not a footballer that you don't like. You know, just because you don't like the way he turns in midfield or the fact that he's a bit clumsy or a bit slow or gives away penalties, none of that justifies um, that kind of behaviour or those kind of interactions. So I'm sort of just—I just want to say that because we're we're taking it as read that everybody is on the same page
1: um, when it comes to that. I think so. Everyone is on the same page. I mean, just on that, I think, you know, you wrote this morning about the distinction Mm. between fans who behave like that and most fans. And I think that is absolutely right. I do think as well, though, that it can feel amorphous. And I can't imagine what it is to be a Premier League footballer. But I, I do know that if somebody... Gives you a bit of stick online that th- it stands out so much more than everything else. And if you happen to see it, yeah. you know, I can understand an emotional reaction that sort of blends support in a way that's not helpful yeah no you know?
2: look i i do i do understand that to an extent but look you and i have been um doing what we do for a long time and we've been online for a long time and on twitter yeah. for a long time and there are people who who don't agree with us and you know even today um i've had people who who don't necessarily agree with everything that i've written but they've uh, they've been respectful in the way that they they yeah. interact and that's great and i'm absolutely on board with that i don't expect anybody or everybody to to agree with everything i say and if people disagree it's great to hear other points of view and it's great to look at things from from a different angle um also though you know i've had people and i'm sure you've had people who've been abusive who've been uh who've been downright nasty in some of the things that they've said Mm -hmm. to me and about me and what have you um and it's really not nice. I'm not saying it's nice because you do. It's like, a, I guess, a, uh, anybody who puts something out there into the world, um, you look at the one bad review, and that sticks in your mind far more than than everything else. Yeah, I think mm. that's just that's just kind of human nature.
1: It is. But yeah. but
2: but when that happens, it doesn't occur to me, or it doesn't make me think. Well, all Arsenal fans think i'm this that or the other or they think i'm whatever you know um you do take it um personally i guess and it can it can cut you and it can hurt your feelings but for me it wouldn't necessarily um color my perception or my opinion of of everybody else out there who interacts with me you know
1: No, no it might not but i think your opinion can get distorted i'm thinking for example let's say of Instagram and Granite Xhaka, I don't know, you know, at one point he had his comments open and he was getting a lot of abuse on there. And maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like human nature is such that if Granite Xhaka sort of has a fine game, there are less people who are going to go to his Instagram and say, well done, mate you would you did okay today uh, that the sort of you know the 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 badness the vilification mm. somehow rises to the surface more obviously uh, even if it's from a minority yeah you know?
2: yeah, yeah yeah i mean look it's uh, again it's part of human nature how many people listening to this have had countless Excellent experiences in the service industry, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a uh, travel, whether it's a restaurant or a bar or whatever it might be. And you have countless of these perfectly acceptable, sometimes very good experiences with people and services and products and all that kind of stuff. And you never say a word about it. But the minute something goes wrong or the minute you have a negative experience, you know, the, the reaction is to go crazy and to complain and to say this is a disgrace and this is unacceptable. And, and maybe the thinking needs to change. Maybe all of our thinking needs to change. Maybe we need to be a bit more positive about the things that happen um, on a day to day basis. Maybe it's nice to leave a positive review for something rather than just sit there and, and be negative about stuff. So, look, I get it. You know, there's often more to say when things are going wrong. Mm, yeah, um, yeah.
1: So, certainly from a sporting football, footballing point of view. Um, uh, and, and, it, and, you know, I think we are essentially saying the same thing, which is that it is a real minority. And actually the thing is the most of the fans who sort of booed what happened with Jacques in the stadium on Sunday are probably within that very reasonable category of fans. I think their, their issue with him in that moment was reasonable you know it's not fair or correct to yeah. uh, co- conflate those people with people sending death threats it's of course what's going on um but i think that in the player's mind i can also understand how sometimes those things might become a bit muddled or confused or some sense that they somehow feed each other I don't know. Yeah, that's all I'm saying.
2: Maybe, maybe. Look, if he was, if he was, um, look, I, you know, I don't think Granite Jacka is um, blind or deaf to the fact that he's been uh, the target of some criticism this season. And mm. I think we talked about this on the podcast before. I was quite surprised at at how how much it ramped up. I, I think I said this to you that like I get it if you don't rate Xhaka as a player. Um, you might want something different from our midfield. You know, I'm I'm one of those people who would like to see Torreira and Gendouzi get a run of games in the Premier League. But I was quite surprised at how how quickly this vitriol built up this season. And, and look, maybe it coming to a head, whether it works out well in the long run for Jacques at Arsenal or not, maybe it's not, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but maybe it had to get to a point where it's addressed and a decision is made and we move on in, in some ways yeah. you know it's, um, it's been building and building and building
1: well I think the captaincy was sort of petrol on that fire and, and actually I would say if you look back at Shaka's time at Arsenal I think it's really quite possible to make an argument that he has started every season at Arsenal significantly worse than he started this one uh, I know he gave away the penalty against Spurs but I, I seem to recall that in each of his previous years he was giving away goals left, right and centre at the start of the season Yeah, and there were sort of discussions of well you know we know he grows into the campaign he gets better as it goes on he always <laughs> yeah. starts slowly
2: He's the second I, half of the season player
1: Yeah but this, this year I think he's been kind of average really I mean not diabolical but you know there is that weight of sentiment that has built up now and like I say I do think the captaincy was a real catalyst here Mm. Uh, and and you know and that's where the focus comes around uh, where we were sort of slightly leaning the conversation before I think on the head coach Mm. so how much of this do you actually put on
2: Emery um Mm. well okay not not this okay that's not right to say but the the way that we've dealt with it as a club what are your thoughts on that because here we are on the eve of a game against wolves we don't know if jack is going to be in the squad we don't know if he's going to retain the captaincy we don't know if he's going to play we don't really know what the club um what the club have have tried to do to to make this better, um, there was an interesting bit in an article today um, from Miguel Delaney in The Independent. Mm. Um, let me just see if I can find the bit here. Um, he talks about the thing we talked about a, a bit earlier about how you know he wasn 't of a mind to sort of issue an un- unconditional apology or, or you know. But then he said, those who know the player also dispute the image Emery painted of him as being upset, devastated and sad, as well as the idea that mental health is any kind of concern. Mm. Because Arsenal, I guess, put it out there this week because there were stories that went out that they were going to offer Granit Xhaka counselling. And it seems somewhat at odds with what we're hearing from the Shaka side of things, and certainly, there's nothing in Shaka's statement which references that in any way.
1: No, I mean, who knows if he would if it were true? Yeah, yeah, I true. Suppose. But yes, I, I can only uh, confirm that from people I spoke to who've spoken to Shaka. You know, anger, as I said at the top of the show, was much more prominent in their words than than sadness um, and I I do wonder it feels almost like the club buying a bit of time you know uh, I'm, I'm not questioning the the veracity of what they were saying or the how positive their intentions might have been but clearly there has been a bit of a split in terms of how the club wanted to present this and how the player wanted to present this so um,
2: so does the player presenting it in his own way seemingly, and I, I say seemingly, at odds with what the club wanted from him, where does that leave him? And where does that leave his relationship with Emery? And where does that leave his relationship with the club and, you know, his role as captain?
1: Well, I think it makes it tricky on the surface, but Xhaka has the support of a good chunk of the players. You know, I think there are people in the squad who are pretty unimpressed by what happened on Sunday but I think the majority of them take Shacker's side here and you know really do respect him irregardless of what any fan thinks you know he is very valued and well thought of and I think there is uh, uh, you know a strong sentiment within the squad that maybe he shouldn't be completely stripped of the captaincy now whether that makes it right I don't know but he will feel strengthened by that so there was a great line from Amy Lawrence earlier this week where she said, um, regarding sort of Meza Erzl and Granit Xhaka, you could argue that to have one ostracised player is misfortune, to have two looks like carelessness. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I do think that it would, you know, that would be kind of mad if we saw another player who, one who has sort of been perennially regarded as a bit of a teacher's pet, really, sort of Emery's favourite to be kind of on the outside. That would speak volumes, wouldn't it?
2: It would a bit. Um, I have to say, you know, I think however you want to look at Xhaka's um, situation in, in mitigation and, you know, if he's a guy who reached breaking point and, and everything else, I do think there's a, you know, a bigger issue, which is that this is the captain of the club behaving in a way that, that he shouldn't have behaved. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Emery's position within the dressing room is weak. It, it was weakened by his vote. Uh, it's weakened by the fact that the players seem to want uh, Granit
1: Xhaka to stay on as captain. Um, but if Emery's a strong manager, that doesn't matter. If Emery's in a powerful position, he strips Xhaka of that captaincy and the players, you know, accept it. Yeah. I think the fact that he hasn't done that or that, that... I mean, to be fair, we have to look beyond Emery and I think we have to look at... Edu and Raúl here too. They would doubtless have a, a say on this. You know, the, I am. I feel that Shaka can't really continue as captain. That much is obvious. Even those who want Shaka to kind of be rehabilitated and stay at Arsenal and be part of the team must accept that that would be easier were the spotlight not slightly removed from him by taking the armband off him. It is an easy thing to do as well mm. because you've already got four captains waiting in the wings for that promotion, you know. Yeah. Hector Bellerin played a captain's role on uh, Wednesday night at Anfield, you know, making sure the players went over to the fans. You know, That was a decent audition from him for mm. the armband. So it's perfectly plausible to make that change. I think the fact he doesn't is... Part of uh, the issue that he is not decisive in certain key moments, and naming the captaincy in the first place is one of them, uh, and that created and contributed to this mess. But but not changing it now, yeah. I think is also on him. Expecting Shaka to resign it, you know, it's just delegating again, and it's not worked.
2: Yeah, yeah, but then you have to ask why? Why hasn't somebody at the football club? who can overrule Emery because we have mm. people who can do that. We've got Raul Senyahi who's the head of football. Edu who's the technical director. Ultimately those two guys have got more authority over club matters in general than Emery who, you know, I know we call him the manager all the time but his his title is his head coach. Yeah. So when it comes to making difficult decisions, if you've got a head coach who can't do it or won't do it or has put himself in a position where he can't do it, then it's incumbent on those people to make that decision and I I agree with you I don't think Shaka can continue can or should continue as captain because Mm. when I look at the reaction to the statement and obviously it sparked a whole load of debate again this morning and last night when it went out and that's why we're talking about it the reaction has been very mixed you know it hasn't produced any kind of consensus some people have gone well there's your apology, what more do you want? Other people have gone, that's not an apology, get rid of him. Other people are saying, well, okay, it wasn't an apology, but I kind of like what he said. If he he didn't feel like apologizing, then that's fine. And look, I respect that. If you don't feel like apologizing, or you don't feel like you should apologize, don't apologize. Mm. And I think there's an element of that in Jack's statement, but you've got to own what you put out there. That if you're really... Um, If you really want to keep the captaincy, if you really want to mend fences, if you really want to make everything harmonious again, your statement is different than the one that he put out. So it it felt a little bit like um, the kind of statement that's, that's like absolutely putting the ball back in Arsenal's court when it comes to what happens next, whatever disciplinary action, like in any other circumstance, a player coming off the pitch and taking his shirt off and telling the fans to fuck off would result in some kind of disciplinary action, some kind of a fine at least. You know, because Mm -hmm. a club has to be seen to be strong on matters like this. And we're a week down the line and we... We still haven't done anything about it beyond some vague statements to the press in press conferences and some back-channel suggestions that, you know, we can give him a bit of counselling, which Shaka doesn't want or need, apparently. So it's not been a good response from the club.
1: No. Well, you know, Unai's got his press conference today and it will be interesting Mm. to see see his tack there because, you know... I mean, I have to say, I do think to a certain extent, as as bad as this all is, it is also a bit of a red herring in that, you know, uh, Unai Una Emery spent the last two weeks in his press conferences talking about Meza Erzl and about Granit Xhaka and not very much about what's happening on the pitch. Um, and I do think that as, as, as much as this, you know, sort of, turns the spotlight on him, it also kind of insulates him from a little bit of facing up to to Arsenal's problems on the pitch. Well, yeah. Ultimately, when it comes right down to it,
2: the the stuff that's going on on the pitch should be the thing that we're talking about because, you know, Mm. as entertaining as Wednesday night was, and it really was... um, you know, we still went out of a, a cup competition in circumstances where you would probably expect, a, you know, Arsenal um, or a normal team to win, you know, being two goals ahead twice in the game, et cetera, et cetera. We've got one point from our last six available in the Premier League. We've got two wins from our last eight in the Premier League. So if you were being really, really cynical, you might hmm. say that from Emery's point of view, it's been handy for the Xhaka thing to rumble on all week. Um, because it it stops difficult questions being asked of him.
1: Yes, it, I mean, let's. It, it has been handy, but it's not like he's coming out of it scot free either. So no, no, it is. Um, you know, it, it. The club is enveloped really in this kind of crazy cycle at the moment, and uh, it. it yeah, it's difficult to see how how we move forward from here. In all these respects, you know, if someone says to me, what's Shaka's path to redemption or what's Emery's path to redemption? It is difficult to pick. I mean, it it can only be a quite extraordinary run of results. Uh, Mm. Almost anything else feels like we'll just continue into the mire. Mm.
2: Okay. well, look, we'll wait and see what Unai Emery says uh, Mm. in his press conference. Yeah, probably something
1: that completely contradicts what we've put out Absolutely.
2: We'll do another (laughs) podcast this afternoon just to make everything better again. Yeah. Um yeah, look, maybe we'll get more info. Maybe we'll get a strong stance from the club. Maybe we'll get some clarity because I think it's a situation that demands it because all you know, we've got to get the focus back onto to what happens on the pitch and and uh, taking 3 points against Wolves. Just a quick final one, just a guess, is Jack involved for you tomorrow or not?
1: No. I wouldn't think so. No, me I wouldn't think so. And I actually think that maybe the substitution of Lucas Torreira on Wednesday night mm. is part of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be really surprised. And if he was, I wouldn't be able to guarantee what sort of reception he might get.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, they might let things calm down a bit further. Yeah. Um, OK, well, look, we're going to talk about it on Monday morning in the mm-hmm. proper Arscast Extra. I'm going to leave a two-second gap here because the way things work, I've got to leave space somewhere in the middle of this podcast for an ad break because it's over a certain length and that's the way the technology works. So here's a two-second gap.
0: You're Mouse Jones here, one third of the Guys Next Door Podcast. Now listen here, with best Christmas ever on AMC Plus, every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National
1: Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern and iconic family classics like the Polar Express and A Year Without Santa Claus you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. It's the holiday season, and that means it's time to see old friends like Buddy the Elf, Heat Miser, and Clark Griswold. They're all here on AMC+. Plus. AMC Plus
0: is available on all your devices, so celebrate the best Christmas ever, anytime, anywhere. Make sure you sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus,
1: only the good stuff.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
2: If there was an ad there for you, fantastic. Thank you. If there wasn't, uh, I hope you enjoyed that two-second gap. It was uh, it was one of the best two-second gaps I've ever experienced in my life. James, have a great weekend, and I'll, I'll catch you on Monday.
1: Yeah, speak to you then. Bye-bye.